It's 2 p.m. Pacific. It's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Billers, Billers, Billers of Franchising. Billers, Billers, Billers of Franchising. And we're here, thanks to the Greg Markell's Audio Lab for our rockin' theme song. It always makes me play air guitar. Today I'm with my co-host Ray Piller, Michelle Rempel, and our special guest today, Andrea Mundy. Did I screw that up or not? <laughs> you, you got it, actually. Ooh, excellent, folks. So, time for Pillars of, the, pillars of Weather. So, Ray... <laughs> Where are you, Michelle? Where are you, Andrea? Where are you? Okay, I am in Big Rock, in Big Big Rock Campground in Big Rock, Illinois. It's a few miles west of Aurora, where I normally am. And right now, it's a sunny, beautiful day. I think the temperature is around 80, and it is the wind is blowing about 30 miles an hour. And so occasionally... You'll see me go back and forth because I'm sitting in my RV. So um, enjoying enjoying the great outdoors, I guess. If you're glamping, are you enjoying the great Well, whatever. <laughs> We're going to be sitting outside probably later on today. <laughs> so, Michelle, how, how's everything going with you? You know, it's an absolutely gorgeous day here today on the central coast of California, and I can say that most of the time, uh, so don't hate me, but that's just kind of the way it is. <laughs> However, I will say that we have gotten excessive heat warnings on our phones because uh-huh. I guess tomorrow or maybe it's Saturday and Sunday, it will be excessively hot, so we will catch up with some of the rest of you <laughs> for at least a couple <laughs> days, and then it'll go back down to beautiful again. So, But the one thing is, we don't most of us don't have air conditioning out here so when it does get above 90 it is really very uncomfortable so you yeah. can you know <laughs> you can not hate us for that weather for a couple days so there you go so our guest today is andrea mundy and she is the ceo and co-founder of scoa not to be confused with Skull, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, okay, Andrea, I'm gonna let you take it from here. Tell us about Scoa. No, 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 time out. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. I'm sorry, we're still on pillars of weather here. Yes, okay, tell us where you're at and how's the weather. Well, I'm glad that you let me do that because I have. A little bit of an obsession with the weather. I I I am a weather tracker. I just I love weather. Um, so I love yeah, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Um, so you know, West Coast, West Coast. It's 19 degrees. I I love to say this to my American friends, Canadian. Um, so I think that's just around 70 ish. It's not too warm here today, but we are also like you on the the west coast a little bit further south heading into a bit of a heat wave where no one has air conditioning and we love to teeter on the sort of okay it's it's freezing it's freezing it's freezing and then it gets three degrees hotter and now everyone's you know complaining that it's too hot so uh, we're never happy with with either end of the spectrum over here so by that first answer that means you have ensured that I will be coming back to you later to ask you to become a co-host from time to time because we need weather files on this show. A eh, Ray? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm always chiding Fred. I says, where he lives, there is no weather. It's always the same. That's not weather. <laughs> weather is in the Midwest where in the wintertime it actually gets cold and in the summertime it actually gets hot and you have everything in between including all kinds of precipitation but they don't get anything (laughs) i come back to chicago for christmas i get all the snow i need for the time i'm there let me alone now we can go to pillars of franchising i love snow i love snow (laughs) 
So now you can ask your first question, Ray. Oh, okay. Tell us about SCOA. Tell us, well, first of all, Andrea is the CEO and co-founder of SCOA, and it's a facial franchise. Is that correct? You got it. Um, we are, we've been around for a long time and, and we're kind of pioneers, not just in the single service facials only arena, um, but we've been around since 2001 and in 2003 switched to a facials only model, which, you know, when you think back to 2003, single service concepts just did not even exist. So we had such a real, you know, uphill battle to really help people understand why you would do one service. And we just truly believed that you had to be the best in the world at one thing and it paid off. Um, but you're right, we're, we're facials only. We also uh, are a membership model and we are quite different in um, many ways because we make and sell our own line of skincare products. And we have about 70 different SKUs now um, you know, we've developed these formulas over the past 15 or, you know, I guess almost 17 years now, uh, sell them through our franchise locations, we sell them online. And, um, you know, I think that really sets us apart. And, and what, what's also quite different relative to a lot of other beauty businesses that are service based is that about half of the revenues, almost exactly 50-50 are product sales. So quite different than some of the other systems that are in existence right now in franchising. So as a membership base, that means that you have clients as, as opposed to customers that come in on a regular basis, uh, which is, you know, I, I, I'm in the cleaning business. So I, I love having clients that, you know, that stay on every two, every week, every two weeks, every three or four weeks. It's, it's mm -hmm. a fantastic, uh, model, business model. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the, and, and the other half of your business is selling them product, which is even better. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because over the years, I mean, facials as a, as a service, um, you know, in lots of parts of Europe and Asia, it's very common and has been for many years to go, you know, every two weeks, even every week. In North America, that's not been the case up until recently. So even though we've been around for a while and we didn't start franchising until very recently, um, you know, we are actually probably about the biggest facials only concept right now out there. And we only have 15 locations. We're about to amp that up. Um, but we really are the, the leaders in the industry. And there isn't anybody else that has that really robust product line with it. With it. Um, but it's been interesting because, you know, what you're describing with your business, we've really seen this shift over the years. And I think it's paid off for us to develop this system because at first people came maybe a couple times a year because they really didn't understand facials. Mm -hmm. Then they started coming maybe every quarter. Now they're coming every month as a part of their membership and they're getting that advice and that education. So it's a bit like we call it personal training for your skin. It's a little bit like going to the gym. You don't necessarily need to go to a trainer every single time you work out, but you go, you get your program, you understand what you need to do. Then if something's not working, we make a little change here or there. And then you go home and you use the products at home, but your facial is also extremely, extremely relaxing. We make sure we add a lot of massage into the service. So it's, it's usually not what you expect. We, people leave with that, that SCOA Gloa not with a red face or feeling uncomfortable. And I love it when men come because, you know, they always think it's something different and then they come out they're like, Oh, look at me. You know, they don't understand that they, their skin can, you know, transform quite a bit, even just with that first facial. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's cool. So you say <laughs> men go for facials as well? Yeah. I mean, about 20% of our customers are men. Mm -hmm. And what I do find with men is that they often come um, at the encouragement of a, a, a girlfriend or a wife or a sister or a daughter. But I will say <laughs> after that, I mean, they're just like, uh, they're yours. I've got my facial appointment now. Um, 
and and off they go. They become you know real um, ambassadors for the brand. I mean, they they mm-hmm. really love it. They they really you know have most men, especially men that are you know sort of into their late thirties and up, like they they've just not experienced something like this before. Mm-hmm. So they become very addicted. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I you know I can imagine the experience because you know men are really just left out of that whole skincare product experience for the most part and i mean i've i've seen some brands start to come out with lines for men more recently but uh, yeah they're really left out so now they're finding out oh now i get it now i know why they're spending money on this stuff it's amazing mm-hmm. um i was just curious about you know you said that the product line is about half of the revenue are you finding that people are your best uh people from your um your your stores in canada are your best ambassadors for people in the united states are you finding that people are buying your products without actually having been a customer of yours in your stores how does that work you know that's a great question and i actually was having a a conversation with Meg actually about this Meg Roberts of the Lash Lounge and I know you've spoken to her in the past and you know most of our customers under they they get to know us because they had a facial and it's yeah. actually a really important distinction with, okay. with our business so the beauty business is competitive there's lots of different product lines out there you can go to a beauty counter and get a little bit of information from someone who knows a little bit about many different brands that they learned from a sales rep. You know, you can go online and sort of fend for yourself and try and pick through reviews. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to understand skincare products. But what I try to describe is that when you come in and you have a facial, I mean, for at least an hour, you've got this one-on-one person who only does facials and they're looking at your skin and it's not just your skin and what we see it's okay you know what are you doing what's your what are you really going to spend time on are you really going to spend time on four products or should we just look at two and we talk about just your lifestyle and how things might affect your skin and try and help you understand it so that you make those good decisions so we kind of reduce the mistakes that you make buying skincare products, if that makes sense. I love, you know, I think a package arrives from a, you know, skincare cosmetic competitor daily, because I'm always trying things as a part of the development process. And I'm curious and interested in skincare, but I make a lot of mistakes. We kind of can see exactly what they should and shouldn't be using. And so many times people think, oh, well, you know, I use this product line and now I have to switch because things stop working. But that's not really true. It's just that you need to switch the product even within a line, depending on a lot of factors, whether it be the weather or the environment you're in or hormonal changes or stress. And so we have so many products. We just make those adjustments as you go and help you trade in and out using sometimes the products that we've already got for you at home, sometimes adding one or two things. So it's a bit of a science. And I think that it's really unique, the system that we've created. And, and I think that's why, you know, the membership program is, is somewhat magical because people feel that it's not just luxurious, even though it's very relaxing, but there's this real practicality to it. And I think that that's what helps people really stick with it. And, and they see that change over time. And, and that's, that's the most important thing. You want people to see a real transformation in their skin. Oh, that's really cool. Speaking yeah. of trans- transformation, um, I'm going to ask you one question, and then I think Fred wants to go to a commercial. Okay. Uh, tell me, what is personal training for your skin? I saw that sentence, and uh, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. Well, that's the best way that we could think of to capture what we do. So, um, you know, it's kind of three parts. The first part is the skincare trainer. That's what our estheticians call themselves. So this is the person that's giving you the facial. She's a licensed esthetician who's only doing facials all day long at SCOA. So they might do more facials in a day than a typical esthetician would do even in a week or a month somewhere else. Um, 
you're, you're doing a skincare workout, which is your facial. So that's the second part. And then the third part is the, the products that you're using. And so when we put that together, it really resonated with our customers and it helped them understand that combination of the expertise and the practicality and then how they can take that and, and kind of own it and do it on their own at home as well. Wow. Fred? Working on it, working on it. Sorry, I had to click the right button so everything works correctly. So we'll go to a commercial now. But first, we want to thank Feedspot for listing us in the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. And Ray, what number were we? One. Ah, thank you, Feedspot. We love this honor. Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And as a reminder, you can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And give us your questions. You can also chat at pillarsoffranchising.com or on all the social media. You can put a message in and hopefully I'll see it and we'll get that question answered. All right, so I have a quick question. Um, every time I see the, the word SCOA, I always see it in lowercase s. Why? Why not a capital S? Well, we like to mess with those that are grammatical fanatics. Um, <laughs> we also sometimes, as part of our branding, like to use the letter K, and our customers will write us entire emails and they'll swap out the letter C with a K. But, you know, it, it really... Um, we are only a word mark we from a marketing and branding perspective we don't have a a logo that some other brands would have and so our word mark is our logo and mm. we felt that that lowercase just looks very clean um very simple and is very much um i think captures just the simplicity of the system and what it is that we try and communicate in terms of skincare in terms of breaking through a lot of sort of the fluff in the industry and really just delivering like a really clean and straightforward experience. Um, but, you know, I guess for some people that that lowercase S just really drives them a little bit crazy. So <laughs> yeah. there's, there's that too. I yeah. like the first part of the answer. You're messing with people who are anal retentive. I like that. I, I give you, a, <laughs> you know, Two uh, thumbs up. Let's mess with them even more. Typing, typing everything, in you know. Then you got people who type everything in lowercase, including their own name, which kind of bugs me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I am actually known as the world's worst typer, so um, I'm getting better. But my friends make fun of me. They call it, you know, my own secret language. Like they get texts from me, and I think they take screenshots and share them in a group text. Did you see this one she sent? Because it's so. Un unbelievably hard to understand, but I don't know. Just a part of my charm. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, we are in the time of COVID and you do facials, which are very personal services. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but how how is that working for you? What, what are you doing? I don't, I have no idea what, what you're doing right now with regard to that, or maybe it's not an issue. So. 
You know, I mean, obviously when COVID first um, became our, our reality, you know, everywhere in the world and, and everyone was shut down, um, that was hugely impactful for us. I think we have been able to fare a little bit more positively for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, we are not a huge franchise system yet, so we have the ability to, you know, probably step in and support maybe a little bit more um, than, you know, a larger system might have the ability to do. We have a little bit more flexibility. Um, but that being said, we have products that people can use at home. And so our franchisees are amazing and so creative. And, you know, they were hand delivering product. We also um, do sell our products online and um, our online business obviously got bigger and we, we increased a commission that we gave to our shop owners to help them. Most of our members actually continued their membership and wanted to. And that really speaks to why franchising, I think, is so powerful. That connection that customers have with that local owner is entirely different than a big corporate entity that grows without that level of understanding of the community and the personalization so you know the members can roll their membership over so they when we reopened we, they could have longer facials we let them we're a little bit more flexible we let them um, gift a facial but from a safety and sanitation standpoint we've always had extremely high standards so that's not different obviously we had new measures that we had to put in place but we are maybe different in many ways than other beauty concepts because you're you're one-on-one -on -one. so you're in a private room with one person our shops are quite spacious intentionally there's there's four treatment rooms as the model and our estheticians our skincare trainers are wearing masks and visors so they do speak in terms of educating but there's no um you know because they're covered that's not getting anywhere the, the customer is not opening, you know, they're, they're quiet, they're keeping their mouth shut, they're facing down. So those things are very beneficial. Um, you know, hand washing is obviously a part of what we do. Our sheets are always being bleached. But um, so, so from that standpoint, we're, we're different than maybe a place where you've got so many different people coming and going and, you know, lots of people in one space. We just aren't set up that way. So there's a lot of advantages to, to what we've been able to do. Um, and I think what we're seeing in, in the industry in general is that skincare as a whole is outpacing cosmetics, in, uh, makeup for the first time last year um, and this year even more so. And when you think about it, I mean, we're on a Zoom conference right now. And what are we looking at now when we're on Zoom? We're all looking at our skin. And, you know, we try not to look at ourselves in the corner gallery view all the time, but we are, <laughs> let's face it, right? <laughs> but I think that, you know, this is the reality is that people are forced to pay a little bit more attention to their skin. So, um, you know, we've done a lot to, to, you know, try and facilitate getting product to people a little bit more easily. Our franchisees have really banded together. We've done, um, you know, we did obviously a royalty discount throughout COVID and then beyond. Um, and really just honestly doing whatever we can, being a lot more flexible with maybe some of the things that we might have been more rigid about in the past, like we got to follow the system. Well, we do have to follow the system. But that being said, we also have to make sure we help people get through this and, and help everyone make money. So we really, you know, have to listen more to what people need, and then make sure that we're helping them in the way that makes sense for them. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot, but, you know, we're working through it. And, and it's really interesting Two, you know, we have 15 locations and eight franchises and two of our franchises coming out of COVID for July were up year on year. So they actually did better in July than they did last year. Um, you know, three of them are, you know, six, seven, nine percent or so um, up or sorry below last year. So, so pretty close. And August, we're just looking at now. So, you know, we're getting there. Our members are coming back. Those that were frozen are coming back. So we're seeing some really positive moves in the right direction, which I think is great. Um, and, you know, I think will things slow down again or will there be another closure? Probably. Um, so we're planning for that and looking at ways we can continue to do business 
through COVID with some of those changes. And so we've just had to be better business people. We've had to be a lot more um, resilient and a lot more resourceful, which I think is the most important aspect of entrepreneurship is you're going to get backed into a corner all the time as an entrepreneur. So you got, you just got to figure it out. And that's really what we've all had to do. That's part of the definition of being an entrepreneur is, uh, is basically there's going to be problems and it's, it's not that, uh, you know, you, you, go crazy over them, but you figure them out and get through them and, you know, pick yourself up, you know, gone through the recession and now, now the, the, this COVID thing and other things that have happened to many business owners. And uh, it's important to be able to uh, basically work your way through it and, mm -hmm. and not just bury your head in the sand and, and give up. Yeah. It's so important. I find it helps to have a hammer. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's my problem. I don't have a hammer. You got a lot a... of other things. I got a calculator, a mask. I don't have a hammer. <laughs> so if you look at it, there's the old thing that says the zombie apocalypse happens and you've only got the stuff at your right hand and your left hand. What do you grab first? Oh, that's super easy for me. I got my AirPods because, like, if I can just zone out with my music, <laughs> I've got four kids. The zombie apocalypse is, like, Tuesday around here. That's, that's nothing. Right. And I've got water, so I'm yeah. not even worried. Not so worried. we obviously, when we go to down the <laughs> rabbit hole, we're not doing zombie apocalypse. So I'm going to take us way, way back to normal okay. franchising. So somebody, um, okay. what does your the person who – buys wants to buy a SCOA franchise what do they typically look like and then the second question is is what type of investment do they have to have in order to buy a SCOA franchise mm -hmm. so what what's been really interesting about our system is that I think we attract a lot of couples and I I, I love that I think um, and and I don't just mean you know people that are married. I mean, you know, brother, sister, or, um, you know, different versions of couples. And I, I think that what, um, what, what's great about that is, is having someone to kind of share the entrepreneurial load with is, is somewhat helpful. And what we're seeing right now, we're, we're working with Fastlane and we're working with all of the broker networks and, um, you know, we are a semi absentee model and we're, we're attracting a lot of uh, business people that really love that this model is something that is relatively simple from an operational standpoint. You know, you've got estheticians running the facials, and then you really just have one person front of house, checking people in and out and managing this, this, the shop. And so you can have a few, a few units. And we're making that transition now where most of our owners at this stage are you know, they've got one unit. A lot of them are um, incredibly smart business people who we've only just started franchising recently, who have, I think, been like real pioneers with us in developing who we are and what we are. Um, and now we're sort of at this point where we're really at, okay, we're, we're ready to kind of branch and, and start to operate more units per franchisee. Um, I, I have seven shops with my business partner and, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. And I think that, you know, the system is very replica, replicatable. Um, you know, it's been very interesting to see that this model works so well in so many different types of markets. We're in smaller towns, we're in, you know, bigger cities. And I think that that's um, been very powerful for us to see. And now that we're partnered with Franworth, we're obviously getting a lot of momentum in terms of having a lot more understanding of what a system needs to operate as a semi-absentee model. Whereas in the past, we might have had different expectations with franchisees than now we, we see that, okay, we can actually help them be even more absentee because we can give them more tools to operate their businesses somewhat remotely. Um, so yes, definitely um, owner operated. We attract a lot of uh, people that have some experience in the beauty industry, but not necessarily as practitioners. So 
We don't have a lot of people that are estheticians that run the business. We have one. Um, she was also an aesthetics instructor, but most of them are business people who, you know, are very attracted to the model, the membership model, but also very passionate about um, the values of the company and making people feel great. We're kind of a unique business in that people come in one way and they leave happier. And there's not a lot of businesses that you get to have that experience with. It seems like such a small thing, but I, I still to this day, and I don't get a chance to be in the stores as often as I once was, but I love being in a store. I mean, when things feel hard in other aspects of the business, to me, if I can just go work the floor for even an hour, I just feel like I've come home. I'm like, ah, this is what we do. Um, you know, and so a lot of our owners, what I heard loud and clear from all of them is they just could not wait to be open again and just mm -hmm. to be in the stores and be with their members and see their crew. And, you know, so that passion for SCOA, whether you're going to want to operate more, you know, intimately, that's okay. You can, or remotely, you still, they still all have that passion for that sort of experience with a customer. And that's really, really important in any business. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Ray, did you have another, another question? Uh, sure. Estheticians. Um, I, I was thinking that sound, sounds like it'd be an awful lot of training. What is the training involved in, in that, uh, you know, as part of the franchise? Well, we have a, a bit of a leg up and an advantage in hiring because most estheticians will tell you that their very favorite service is facials. They, you know, most estheticians love giving facials because it's a, a very pleasant treatment to give. You, you get to connect with a customer, problem solve. It's not super exhausting like a body treatment would be. You're not, you know, waxing or touching parts that you may not want to. You're, you know, you're, you're right there in, in the face and you get to see transformation in people's skin. So we do attract a lot of people that, you know, want to do facials. Estheticians are licensed, so they come with a solid understanding of facials in, in, in every state and Canada, a little bit different, but we hire people that have licenses. And our training is a little bit um, less challenging than maybe a full service spa because our menu is relatively simple. So we have our facial protocols, which are standardized, but you're going to be personalizing that service based on the customer. So what you're really spending a lot of time on is, is really understanding the products and, and how and why you want to use them on each person. And so the training in shop for most people, it's about a week. Um, we just launched this past month, a version of that training where we can do it remotely with a virtual oh. trainer um, which is obviously necessary when we can't as easily fly across the country. Um, most stores have a trainer in shop to train new people, but if they don't, we've, you know, made some uh, sort of new versions of how to handle that. Um, but, but training, I think for us, um, you know, it's a lot more on the product knowledge side because they are coming with a very specific skill. Right. Now, right. the front of house, they're not typically estheticians. The front of house, I love to find great retail associates, um, people with big personalities that really, um, you know, the most important thing is having people feel welcome. In the mm -hmm. beauty industry, it's generally uh, an approachable industry, and I really am so passionate about making sure people feel comfortable. I want them to feel like they are at a place where they don't have to feel intimidated. I want their self-esteem to improve. I want them to learn about their skin. And so we want that positive energy right when they come in the door. And that's really what we're looking for. Great retail front of house. So I'm in marketing, so my head always goes to a marketing question, and I wondered when you have a new franchisee who's going to open up in a new market, what what are some of the things that, that they do or that you help them with to get the word out about SCOA to their, to their area, especially in the U.S., where we haven't really, I'm sorry, but we haven't really heard of you yet much, so um, yeah. 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 Well, you know, one of our greatest recent examples is Houston. I mean, she just absolutely 
nailed it, opened in July of last year. So, you know, eight months in and she just, you know, got to, um, you know, well over the sort of threshold we've ever seen with memberships in a, such a short period of time, just killed it. And she really had, I think part of it was that singular, singular focus was the memberships. So she pre-sold what we call a founder's membership. So you're giving people that reason to sign up early. Um, and that was really, really important. Now, how she got that message out was also really important. And we've had to make some shifts right now. So we've always been very grassroots marketers. I used to be the brand manager at Lululemon. So if you're familiar with Lulu, they're the masters, or at least were when I was there, of this sort of crazy shock value grassroots community-based marketing, which is great. Our shop owners are amazing at connecting with their neighbors and doing events. Things are little different now you can't do it exactly that way but you can um in a really different way and so we've amped up our efforts and brought on a digital marketing agency so we can be a lot more focused and targeted measure the results um and really like you know pull the right levers in terms of driving down the cost per lead seeing what's working making some some changes and so there was, a, you know, we were doing that with the Houston store opening. I think we've amplified that now that we have a digital marketing agency, we've increased sort of the professionalism around the <laughs> expertise that's doing that and, and really making sure that, you know, we're weighing in on what we know works. Um, but I think also it really has come down to that local owner. I mean, I can't say it enough, but we have a great brand, but we don't know anything about you know, Houston, Texas, or Boston, Massachusetts, or Toronto, Ontario, that local owner is going to take what we do and make sure it gets in front of the right people. And also in a way that they're going to understand. And that's kind of what franchising is all about. Um, but what we also know is when they come in for that first facial, you know, that's where the magic happens. So if we can get them in for that first facial, yeah. off they go. Um, <laughs> and, and then it goes from there. So that's been, you know, I think that Lori in particular, the most recent example, did a great job at that. Yeah, get them, get them in the door one time. They'll be happy from then on. And yeah, yeah that's great. That's awesome. So what, what parts of, the, uh, of Canada and U.S. are you trying to get into or concentrating on or is, does it yeah. matter? Well, right now, I mean, we're based in Vancouver and now we're obviously based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because we've partnered with Franworth, um, which mm -hmm. I'm happy to talk about as well. So we have seven locations in Vancouver. We have one in Seattle. We have one in Houston, one in Boston. We have three in Calgary and then one just outside Calgary in a slightly smaller town. We have one in um, right near Toronto as well. So, um, you know, the reality of Canada is there's not that many ways to grow. I mean, it's a limited market in terms of people and size, and there's only so many cities to grow out. Um, so really a big part of why we partnered with Frameworth is that the opportunity really at this stage is, I mean, the U.S. is wide open to us right now. But what I also know is I'm Canadian, and it, you don't know what you don't know <laughs> in the U.S. And what I also know about franchising is it's, it's people think it's really, really easy it's easy if you've done it before, but it's not easy if you haven't. And so partnering with Frameworth takes you from going like this to kind of going like this because right. there's nothing they haven't seen or done. And mm -hmm. so you can really benefit the group and the collective whole, including your existing franchisees by bringing on that expertise. And, and really we did that so that we could really grow the U.S. because we don't have anyone doing exactly what we're doing right now. We are right there on that sort of edge of the, the, I always get cliches wrong. So if I get it wrong, just bear with me, but is it the diving board or the edge of the cliff? I don't know how to say it quite, quite right, but we're right there and we're ready to jump. And so um, that's why Franworth made a lot of sense for us because, you know, I think they can really amplify us growing quickly, but growing, I don't want to grow just quickly. I want to grow effectively and, and in a way that, benefits everyone so that's how i believe we can do that i'm it, having it, it a hard sounds like an exciting franchise and I, I i'm still interested i think our audience may be interested in what is it going to take to get involved in your franchise 
Well, there's a very rigorous test. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, Everyone I has to go on nice saying how much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the range um, at this point is about 240 to about 350, maybe just a little bit over that now. We just made a few adaptations. But we also now have the benefit of the collective with Franworth and, um, you know, the people that are you know working with us on the real estate and construction so our fdd is reflective of what we've done to date but mm -hmm. we do expect with having sort of the power of the Franworth team behind us to be able to you know drive down some of those costs because with some of the other brands they have there's some collective um buying power for lack mm -hmm. of a better word that we can all benefit from um mm -hmm. so custom casework for example signage things like that can you know, really change. So we expect that to swing um, in a more positive direction. But still, you know, it's, I mean, compared to some of the other concepts out there, like we're in a really great position in terms of accessibility. All right. All right. You said you're Canadian. I'm not buying it. You know, because you don't use the word A. <laughs> I haven't heard you said the word A yet. And, and, uh, by my Canadian friends, I was always told Canadians always say A because that's how they're taught to spell in school. C-A-N-A-D-A. -A -A. So I'm not buying your Canadian because you don't say A. But on that note, we'll take a reminder, people, and uh, tell people they can chat at the website. Uh, whoever you are on there, the people on there, I can see you say something. And now for another word from our sponsor. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. So, Michelle, would you like to take the next question, and then it'll be everyone's favorite time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think it, yeah, is it, is it, it'll definitely be everybody's favorite time. I am sure of it. Um, <laughs> so as far as, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, obviously, and you've, you've really grown a successful company and you've talked to us a little bit about, um, I guess, SCOA's values as far as, you know, how you want people to feel. So just a little more personally, what's your personal mission with growing the business? What, what drives you to keep going with this? Because it's not an easy undertaking. It's exciting, but it's not easy. So what's your personal take, values, et cetera? Well, it's been very, very goal-driven. And one of my values is actually setting meaningful goals. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about why I want to do this, you know, um, especially when it's hard because, you know, there's times it's really hard. Um, you know, you, you have to understand the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, not just for yourself, but as a leader for everyone, for, you know, the, the employees, for the franchisees, like you, you really have, I, I take that all very personally into heart and do my best not to internalize it. But it's really, I think, um, I am very passionate about um, people's self-esteem. I think that the beauty industry is hard on people's self-esteem and I really think it can be done differently. I think that people don't need to be shamed into buying things. People need education. There's 
it's really not that complicated. If you can give people tools, help them understand why something's happening to their skin, um, and, you know, give them that education, and they're going to make their own decision. And it's probably going to be one that, you know, we like, but at the end of the day, it, they're going to feel better about themselves. And we have so many stories of people that come in that just didn't feel good about themselves. And then their skin changes. And it, it, you know, at first I used to feel almost trivial saying, oh, well, you know, people feel better when their skin is better. But the thing is, we do. I mean, we do feel better when we feel better about ourselves. And it's not just about how we look. It's, it's really kind of, it, it comes out in so many different ways. Um, but beyond that, I also think that it's been incredibly rewarding to build something that didn't exist before. You know, we didn't create facials no more than Starbucks didn't create coffee, but we did create a different way of experiencing facials. Um, and that is like, I am so proud of that. And it wasn't just me. This is, you know, my business partner, my, my franchisees for sure. My employees, I mean, I've had some employees for, you know, up to 12 years, some of them, and we've all developed this together. And, you know, now that we're with Franworth, I love the, you know, even more people that are smart that I can share this stage with to, to get us to grow. It's, it's about that bigger pie that we all get to share in. Um, and, you know, I hope we all, and I do believe we're all going to financially benefit as well. Um, because when the franchisees are winning, we all win. Um, but it is, you know, it, it's, it's this vision I have of just having a really positive experience in an industry that can really actually make people not feel so great. So um, I like to say that if there's nothing else we do, we, we educate and we empathize. And, and, you know, that those are the two pillars that trickle down to what our values really stand for. And, and so I, I say to my, my crew all the time, if there's nothing else you remember about what we do. It's empathy and educate. Everything else will just fall into place. That's right. That's Very right. good. Thank you. All right. So before we go down the rabbit hole, uh, I'm going to go back to a question I've been known to ask before. One of the reasons I do this show is for the, the little baker. She's the, the woman, little woman that like makes grandpa go ah, pity, makes my heart go pity pat. So what advice would you give my soon to be three-year-old granddaughter on how to be successful as a woman in life? Oh, that's the easy one. Um, why not you? Why not you? And I know that seems silly or simple, but the thing is, um, I think we look at people who are successful or famous, and we think that they've got some rare trait, but they don't. They're just like us, and they might have a natural talent, but everyone has a natural talent of some kind. So the thing is that if you really want to do something, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be you versus someone else. And so that confidence has to come from within you. And, and really the way you think of it is like, why, why not you? Why, why that person and not you? And, and it's as simple as that. And you just, I say that to my kids all the time. You just have to have that in your brain. Of course you can do that. You want to do that? You're just going to have to do it. It's going to be hard, but you're just going to have to do it if you want to do it. Now I have one thing I have to tell you though. Donna, our franchise fast lane sales um, director, mentioned that I got the the price a little bit wrong of what it cost <laughs> to open a SCOA. So she's texting me. So just for Donna's sake, so I don't get in trouble. Um, I was close. I think I went with you know, I I I'm a range of a person two sixty to four twelve. There you go, Donna. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Donna's been. Donna's been invaluable to making sure Andrea got here. So we thank Donna and, and for even watching and listening. So now it's the fun part of the show. Uh-oh. Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Which, when you watch this, it looks even cooler than it does right now. I'm sorry. Um, so today's down the rabbit hole question. Since we know we can't do zombie apocalypse, we're going to talk about space aliens. Recently, there's been quite a bit of 
uh, news out from the Department of Defense about uh, aliens, visitation, extraterrestrial spacecraft, things like that. So my question is, is how will SCOA determine the perfect facial for alien species who start to visit us? Well, we're going to have to be very careful about fruit or glycolic acids. I think we're going to have to work with things that are more lipid based. Um, just from what I know about the texture of that type of skin, from my own personal experience in my, you know, beaming up times that I, you know, I'm not supposed to speak about, I will say that, you know, we're going to have to back off of the acids and the water-based ingredients and amp up the lipids and tone down the pH just a little bit so that, you know, you we're go. pretty much pH neutral on the skincare side. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, Fred, can't hear you. Turn your microphone on. No, still can't hear you. Anyway, I think Fred wants me to ask the final question. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Okay. So the final question is, now, this sounds like a really exciting franchise. And I think our audience would be interested in finding out how do they get involved? Who do they contact? Okay, well, um, we have a, a website, so you go to scoafranchising.com, and there's a form on there to fill out, and Donna will get back to you um, ASAP, so that would be um, step one. Um, if you want to just speak directly to Donna, who will definitely point you in the right direction, I'm just trying to remember exactly what her email is. Um, but I'm also Andrea at SCOA.com, so anyone can email me and I will point anyone in the right direction and make sure that they get what they need. So um, that's another good start. And then if you want to learn more about the brand as a whole, um, SCOA.com, S-K-O-A-H.com, and there's you know all kinds of information about the products on there, and you can link through to the franchise site from there as well. Excellent. And of course... All that information will be on Pillars of uh, Franchising webpage. And, uh, you know, so, so if anybody, you know, didn't write all that down, it'll be there. You can always get to it. All right. So uh, a big, wonderful uh, thank you. Down the rabbit hole, thank you yep. to our guest, Andrea Mundy, today. She actually probably hit one of the top three or four answers on the down the rabbit hole question and will be quoted in future shows. Thanks to my <laughs> co-host, uh, Michelle Rumpel and Ray Pillar. We'll be back with, I'm not sure it'll be more interesting next week because this has been really fun. Uh, like I said, this goes into my top five <laughs> down the rabbit hole questions. So folks, we'll be back next week with another interesting show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.